Hello everybody and God bless you all. Thank you to, for coming today or streaming online if you're watching this online. I want to share a message with you all today that I believe will encourage you, inspire you, and cause you to transcend and ascend into the next chapter, season, and dimension of your life. Folks, you know this, and for some of you who are new to faith, new to belief, you're going to come into the knowledge of this, and I'm going to expand on this idea throughout today's word. You guys, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus will bring you into your destiny. Simply put, God will deliver you from every problem. Now today, I want to start with an opening prayer, and then we'll lead into today's message. Jesus will bring you into your destiny. God will deliver you from every problem. Lord God, I come before the throne today as a humble man with big plans. I come before you asking for you to pour out your divine power over these people's lives. Pour out wisdom, power, knowledge, and honor over these people's lives. Allow them to be touched by today's word in a way like never before. God, I ask that today's message touch and transform lives. Let us, let us be transformed, changed for the better, never to be the same. Lord God, I pray that you would shield us, protect us, deliver us from every evil, and show us the way to victory in these days of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, bless these incredible people, Lord God, and prosper them in new ways. May today be a day of grace and the start of something amazing, in each of our lives, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. I want to begin today's service out of the book of Genesis. I believe it's fitting that as I'm beginning my work in the ministry, we'll begin together with the first book of the Bible, the precursor to grace, if we may. Genesis 2, 15 through 18. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. Now, many of you may be familiar with the story of Adam and Eve and will continue to dive deeper into the text. However, it's important for us to know that ultimately Adam and Eve didn't obey God. They went against his divine instructions and it ultimately resulted in a fall. Now, what's important to understand here is it was always in God's plan that man would fall. It was always part of his plan that man would error. It was in the foreknowledge of God from the foundation of the earth. Before God patterned out the heavens and the earth, there was the expectation or rather the predestiny of the fact that man would fall short. In fact, the very thing that God created to help him was the very thing that got him in trouble. This is a word for somebody in the crowd. God will bless you with something that'll get you in trouble. Just because it's from God doesn't mean it won't cause trouble. And just because it causes trouble doesn't mean it's not from God. God is with you in your trouble. 
God is with you in the midst of trouble, right in the middle of the trouble, right in the heart of the mess. God is there with you, showing you mercy, showing you love, showing you provision. Yes, as we'll see later in the text, God punished Adam. But he also had mercy on Adam. Adam went on to live a full life, filled with many years of life. He had children and a wife all his days. Don't be surprised when God predestines trouble for your life. Don't be surprised when he predestines trouble for your life. God is aware of your trouble. God is aware of your problems. He's not only aware, but he has the remedy. He has the answer to the problem. He has the solution in mind. Always remember that even though it may not be a part of your plan, it's still a part of God's plan. And that's the reason for you to keep going. That's the reason for you to keep hoping. That's the reason for you to keep believing. Just because there's trouble doesn't mean there isn't grace. In fact, if not for the trouble, you wouldn't need the grace. So I want you this week for you to not be disturbed by trouble. Don't be disturbed by problems. Keep working. Keep building. Keep creating. Don't get distracted. Don't get sidetracked. Because the battle isn't yours. The battle is the Lord. Now let's continue. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any other beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? People, when God tells you something, when he whispers divine guidance and advice into your spirit, don't allow something in the world to cause you to doubt God. Don't allow someone or something in the world, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, blogs, newspapers, friends, relatives, don't allow someone or something to cause you to doubt what God called you to believe. Because the devil knows that if he can stop your belief, then he disempowers your actions. The Bible says faith without works is dead. To go a step further, works without power tend to low yield. If your work isn't empowered by strong faith, if you're not walking in belief while you're working, then you're missing out on the full potential of your harvest. The devil doesn't have the power to stop your blessing. But if he can taint your mind and cause you to doubt your own abilities, to doubt your own calling, to doubt what he's made available for you, this doubt is enough to short you on what should be yours. The devil can't physically stop you. But if he can break your faith, then your lack of faith will stop you. So I urge you and encourage you today to remain steadfast, unmoved, vigilant, and faithful in the pursuit of your calling in God, no matter who hates on you, no matter who doubts you, 
no matter who talks down on you or tells you what you can't be or what you can't achieve if no no matter what if you continue to believe continue to persevere continue to endure trusting in God because he will deliver you he will prosper you and he will bless you now let's continue Genesis 9 verse Genesis 3 chapter 2 and the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said ye shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it lest ye die and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree. And I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all beasts of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply that sorrow and that conception in sorrow that, that in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee and unto Adam he said because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shalt thou, shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. 
and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats and skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. The first curse of God put on mankind was the curse God put on Adam. This original curse is the result of man's original sin. And so from this very first instance of sin, we have the example which sets the pace for God's relationship with humanity in that God punishes sin. It's not always death. Sometimes it's a hard life, unmet goals, untapped potential, wasted opportunities, the areas in life where we could have more but aren't receiving more. The areas where we have room to grow and have had room to grow but aren't growing. These areas are the result of sin in our lives. Until we take time to renew our minds, to study scripture and learn right from wrong, to learn the will of God for our lives until we've done this for ourselves. Our lives are always patterned with sin. Sin is always alive in some area of our lives until we begin to make the conscious decision to consciously abstain from sin. Sin dominates our lives and causes us to live beneath our full potential. This is why prayer and Bible study are so important. Because through prayer, we can call unto God for help abstaining from that which by, through Bible study we learn to be wrong. Without the Bible, right and wrong seem to be a matter of opinion. It seems to be in the eyes of the beholder, so to speak. But the Bible gives us inarguably what is truly right and what is truly wrong, not by the measure of man, but by the infallible word of God. So it is by the power of the word that we are able to transform ourselves internally into people seeking after righteousness. And it's this pursuit of righteousness through which we draw away from sin and draw closer to God and his will for our lives. According to scripture, quite frankly, we are born in sin. Sin isn't something we've earned by our doing. It's our natural state. 
by simply being. To be alive is to be a sinner. And to be alive is to be cursed. The best thing you can do for young people. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. The best thing you can do for young people is to baptize them. And to encourage them to walk with God. To have faith and to accept the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Baptize them young and encourage them to make the personal decision again for their own sakes as teens. Baptism is the single greatest individual act and personal act which a person can choose to experience for oneself. It is the unification of man and spirit. It is in a single moment of time the complete washing off and renunciation of sin. The moment in which we put off our sin natures and inherit a new nature. It is through baptism that we gain a new normal, access into a new reality, a new self. It is divine protection, it is eternal, it is covenant and it is powerful. The curse we are born under came not through Adam, though. Though the initial problem of sin in the world first came through Adam, in fact, the curse is not through Adam, but rather the curse is in breaking the covenant between man and God, which God made through Moses. In Exodus 20, 2 through 17, the Bible tells us the first 10 commandments of which there are a total of 613 commandments and statutes. The nature of humanity from birth is contrary to these commandments. And in fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. From birth we are in fact slaves to sin, obeying the lust of the flesh as it is written in 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So because we are born in sin, because we are contrary to the established will of God from the day of our birth, and it is written in Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Because of this, we are under a curse and in need of a Savior. God tells us this in Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 18, but it shall come to pass. If thou wilt not hearken, unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee cursed shalt thou be in the city and cursed shalt thou be in the field cursed shall be thy basket and thy store cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and etc. and etc. and etc. Now these curses extend on through Deuteronomy 68, through De Deuteronomy 28, 68, 
for a complete list of the blessings and curses. See Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 for a list of the blessings for obedience to God. And Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68 for a list of the curses for disobedience. Now because of this, because God has birthed us into a creation which was established with rules prior to our developing the ability to actually completely and perfectly obey those rules, we are all, each and every one of us, sinners. And to be a sinner is truly a terrible thing. On many levels, and in future talks, we will discuss why it is so bad to be a sinner and to be walking in sin. However, for today, it is enough to understand that it is bad to be a sinner. It is bad in the eyes of God, our heavenly creator, and it is bad for us personally as it causes curses to befall our lives, making our lives unnecessarily difficult. Because of this problem, because we are born beneath the righteous requirement of God's law. We have a problem. We need a savior. We need someone or something which can offer to God and which we can offer to God in order to appease his anger towards our sin. Now, as people in sin, it is important to understand that it is not you God is upset with. It is not you that God is angry with. It is the act of sin which God hates and the act of sin which God is angry with. What this means is God isn't mad at the liar. He's mad at the lie. He's not mad at the thief. He's mad at the theft. And so in knowing this, you must know God loves you, but you must be redeemed. Your nature is sinful. All of us, from birth we are liars. From birth we walk contrary to the perfect will of God. Now without going too deep into the old way of atoning for sin recorded in the Old Testament, which we will do in the future. For now we may establish this. What we need, each and every one of us, is someone or something which has the power to permanently appease the anger of God towards our sin. We need someone or something who has the power to permanently break the power of sin over our lives and deliver us into righteousness here in this life. We need someone or something who will fulfill the law, who will take on our punishment for us and make the way for us to be redeemed from sin and given a new nature. What we need is a new spiritual nature. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 46, how be it that, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural.
and afterward that which is spiritual the natural man comes first and then the spiritual what we need is the spiritual and so we must be born again we must be reborn with a new nature the bible says in john 3 5 through 7 that except we be born again except we be born of the spirit we shall not see heaven but that through rebirth by being reborn we can cast down our sinful nature and put on righteousness ephesians 4 24 now in order to do this we must first repent now to repent means to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. And with this repentance comes the refreshing of God. <coughs> Acts 3.19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, the reason we must repent is because we need forgiveness. We need God to release his anger towards our sin. Psalm 711 writes, God is a just God and God is angry with the wicked every day. It is because of this anger that we experience his curses in our daily lives. Anxiety worry, fear, doubt, unbelief, and all forms of evils we experience are curses for our wickedness. And yet there is a way. There is a cure for our sin nature. There is a cure for our wickedness. That cure is found in, the sac in a sacrificial lamb which God prepared for us as the perfect offering to appease his anger. In the Old Testament of commandments and statutes, there was a means to temporarily appease the anger of God through sin offerings. Bulls and goats offered through priests required to be clean at the time of offering. Through sacrificing these animals, God's anger was temporarily appeased. And we'll go deeper into this in the future. For now we know we are born in sin. And in times past, the temporary fix for sin was an offering, a sacrifice and made through a priest to temporarily appease God's anger. But today we have a new offering. What we are seeing is that though in times past there was the temporary offering of bulls and goats, Today there is a better offering, that of Jesus Christ. Acts 13, 38 through 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. People, Jesus Christ is our answer. 
He is the solution to all the problems of the modern day. For in Christ Jesus, we are freed from sin and thus freed from the curse of God. And so it is through Jesus Christ that we obtain an inheritance. We obtain righteousness and mercy through the blood of Christ Jesus. Through Jesus Christ, we are redeemed from sin and death. And not only do we receive immortality instead of death, we have replaced death with immortality. For on the day we leave this earth, we shall inherit life eternal in the kingdom of heaven. All who believe in the name of Jesus Christ shall freely receive justification and thus the free pardoning of sin. This means that through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Christ Jesus poured out for us at the cross, we have redemption. We, have, we are redeemed from doom. The destiny of the wicked is hell after death. But in Christ Jesus, our destiny is heaven. Life eternal, everlasting peace in the glory of God. Believe in Christ Jesus and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our way maker and our redeemer. In him we have mercy. In him we have power. In him we have a destiny. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of a virgin woman and the Spirit of God, Christ Jesus, was God himself wrapped in flesh. For inside the flesh of Christ was God Almighty himself redeeming the world from sin through the sacrifice of his son at the cross. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is perhaps the single most important event in human history. It is the moment where death was defeated. For once Christ rose from the grave, death was done away with. No longer must we live in fear of the end. No longer must we be subject to death and damnation, hellfire, and the penalties and curses of sin. No, in Christ Jesus, we are redeemed. In Christ Jesus, we are purchased with his blood. Giving ourselves to Christ means to abstain from sin, means to repent of sin and refuse to allow sin to be our master any longer. For now we are no longer under the power of sin but rather we are held in the power of Christ Jesus. As Christians, we are called to be fruitful, to be abundant in good works, to live mighty lives, victorious lives. We are called to love one another, to accept one another, to be kind to one another, to deal with each other peaceably in a way that glorif which glorifies God. For apart from God, there is nothing good in man. Apart from God, all are guilty of sin. And apart from God, all are on a path to hell. But it is to God's glory that he would pave the way to righteousness. By faith alone, apart from works, lest anyone should boast in themselves. But rather we who boast, let us boast in the glory of God in Christ Jesus. For it is the power of the living God in Christ who overcame the power of the grave.
For after Christ was crucified, he was buried, where he remained dead for three days. And on the third day, despite having been nailed to a cross and bleeding out in agony, despite having been buried in a tomb, after being crucified wearing a crown of thorns, he was mocked persecuted and ridiculed but on the third day he rose again and so many of you you who believe the bible tells us that though we walk by faith and have salvation though we are redeemed and justified we shall still face persecutions we shall still face persecutions and so don't be surprised in life when you're called to fall don't be surprised in life when you're called to face setbacks on your way to glory, obstacles, pitfalls, challenges, difficult times and circumstances, for these lighter afflictions are but for a day. But the glory, but ahead of these things is glory. For even after our Lord was persecuted, so for even our Lord was persecuted. But after bearing crucifixion, he was risen from the grave. And I tell you, no matter what you're up against, no matter what you're facing, like Christ, you will rise again. No matter what situations or circumstances you must face in this life, you will rise again. No matter what people say about you, no matter who or what comes against you, you will rise again. It may be health challenges. It may be financial challenges. It may be family challenges. Challenges with your own self. But no matter what it is, if you'll keep your faith in Christ and, and continue to do good, in your time, you will rise again. Continue to be steadfast even when you're called to fall. Continue to be steadfast even when you're called in hardship. Don't be afraid when you come up short. Don't be afraid when you give it your all and it's not enough. Keep going. Don't quit. Because while you're working, God is working with you. Your challenges have purpose in his plan for your life. Your pain, your suffering, your problems all have purpose in his plan. Sometimes it's to benefit others that God may show off through what he's brought you through. I was homeless for nearly 10 years pursuing Christ. I was shot, stabbed, beat up, jumped, robbed, black eyes, lied on, betrayed, wrongfully accused, wrongfully incarcerated, freed by grace. I've preached in the rain and the snow, in the heat and the cold. I've slept on bus benches, church steps, restaurant benches, beaches, train stations, roach motels, 24-hour buses. I've fallen mentally, having, having moments of feeling completely overwhelmed. I've fallen emotionally, at times feeling completely broken. I've been to the emergency room 14 times. I've nearly lost my life on more than one occasion. But through it all, I preach the gospel. I preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who delivered me from poverty, who delivered me from homelessness, who delivered me from mental and emotional challenges, who shielded me and protected me when I had nothing. I've given my life to Christ and exchange have received grace upon grace.
I know there's a God in heaven. I know there's angels commanded on my behalf. Whether I'm rich or poor, whether I'm healthy or sick, whether I'm happy or sad, there is a God in heaven. And I've learned in my life, no matter what you're going through, keep going because there's purpose in it. God will not bring you through anything beyond your ability to make it. Sometimes you'll be in a pit. Sometimes times will look dark, but the darkness is for a moment. The hard times are for a moment. Don't be afraid. I'm here today to tell you, push yourselves. Take your lives to the next level. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to fall. You'll get back up. You'll fail sometimes in life, but you'll get back up. You'll fall short sometimes in life, but God will make up the difference. Build your dreams, people. I know what it's like to have a dream no one sees. I know what it's like to have a dream no one believes in. Give it your all. Give all of yourself. Quit waiting for everything to be right. Quit waiting for everything to line up perfectly. There won't be a time when everything is perfect. There are always going to be something or other going on in your life. There's always going to be some kind of challenge, some kind of difficulty, some hater, some obstacle. There's always going to be something. So don't wait. Believe in yourself. Trust in God. Hope in Christ. And give it your absolute best. I'm a witness. That if you believe in yourself, if you cling to your dream, if you work your tail off, if you won't give up and won't stop no matter the hardships along the way, if you'll persevere despite the challenges, then in time you can live your dreams. With the power of Almighty God by your side, I tell you, you must go for it. You must get out there, build it, create it, design it, whatever it is. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. You will never get these days back. You will never be this young again. You will never have this opportunity again. You must maximize what God has given you. Whatever God has given you, you must maximize it. This life you have, this gift from God, you have this is your chance. This is your chance to be great. Do something with all your heart. Discover what it is that you're called to do. Discover your life's work. And by the power of Almighty God, do it with everything you've got until the day you're called to heaven. People, this is it. Once you accept Christ, you're free. Your sins are forgiven. The door is open. Live out your calling. There is someone out there who has something burning down inside of them. Someone out there has a calling down inside of them. And God is waiting for you to stop holding back. Stop making excuses. 
Stop waiting for everything to align perfectly. Go out there and make it happen. Believe in yourself. This is your time to read the books. This is your time to listen to the mentors. This is your time to turn your dream into a life. This is your time. When you leave here today, I want you to do something in the way of your dream. Whoever you are, somebody here has something huge inside of them. Somebody, something God is trying to call forth. And I'm telling you here today, it's time to kick it up a notch. It's time to step your faith up to the next level. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to take it to the next level. Don't be afraid to be rejected. Don't be afraid of people not agreeing with you or not seeing your vision. Believe in yourself and work by faith and know as God, as for God and not as for people. I close with this. By way of Jesus Christ, you have the power right now to change the entire world, little by little, step by step, in magnanimous ways. The only question is, will you use it? That's my time, everybody. I pray that everybody be blessed. I pray that this message has moved you and has done a work in your life. Guys and gals, you are all blessed. And lastly, I want to say this, get ready because God has a surprise, unexpected blessing coming to you very soon. So get out there and work hard and watch as God meets you halfway. In the name of Jesus Christ, God bless you all and amen. Amen. And may God's favor be on you. Amen. And God bless you. Amen. Amen. May God's favor be on you. And he's very proud of you. He's very proud of you.